During the school holidays, we've been doing the Together series from the book of Galatians. So I'd like to invite your attention to the book of Galatians in chapter number six. And when Christians act like Christians, be prepared for pushback. Just be prepared for it. Be prepared that they will not understand and they need to understand the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I heard this week on the on um, they were doing an interview with with somebody who should have known better. And he referred to the church as just an organization that should come under the same guise as any other organization in our society. And, and it's so totally missed the mark. The church is not just an organization, folks. The church is the body of Christ. And you and I are here together as the body of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. We've got a message for the world. Don't let them bring in and, and, and produce the narrative. Let us give them the gospel, the good news. Oh, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, I want you to know that we're not about issues except for one issue, and that is the issue of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. And, um, and we are conforming and trying to conform to the image of Jesus Christ and what he would do on this planet in this particular society that we live in. And that's what the Apostle Paul was talking to the churches of Galatia about. The subject today is discover unity together. We're talking about what a church is. It's so good to see so many people here today. School holidays is getting over with. We're starting to get back into the, the routine uh, of going to church, of being the church. Connect groups are starting this week. You do have a worksheet that has been produced and has been emailed out to you. If you have not received that email and you want to be on that list, fill out the Connect card and say, I want to be on that list to receive the, the worksheets. Otherwise, you can download them off the church website. It's that important because every time we, we come together as a church family, we have a lot of things that we've been doing during the week and, and been very busy, but we need to focus our attention on the things of God, and that helps us do it. So I want to encourage you to look in your bulletin, find out a connect group, get involved in it, download that worksheet, if you will. Why should Christians produce good works? Because our principle today is that a gospel-focused church will do good for the glory of God. The Apostle Paul tells us and he brings us together here in the, in the latter part of this book. He brings us together many of the themes that we've been discussing throughout this book. We've, he's reminding the, uh, the, the Galatians um, that we must live under liberty. We mustn't live under the Old Testament law because that was a schoolmaster that brought us to Christ. We don't want to live under the license, which meant that we can do whatever we want. We want to live under liberty. Liberty is doing what God wants us to do. It gives us the freedom to, to be away from the old life and to live in the new life. And so he's going to wrap it up here in chapters 5 and 6. And we've only got two more messages. So today's message is really part 1 and part 2 next week of the wrap-up. And from chapters 5 and 6, he starts getting us the practical example of what does this look like. You may remember, he said to the Galatians, he says, actually, I'm afraid of you. He says, I'm afraid that you started out well with the gospel, but then bad doctrine came in and it affected your liberty. It affected the way that you actually viewed 
your reason for being here and brought him down. And so he, he, he gave him example after example. And then he says in chapter five and verse number one, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty that Christ has made us free. Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So he wants to convince us that living for the flesh or keeping the old law and trying to live under legalism is futile. He's trying to show us that the Holy Spirit controlled life gives us the real promises of what hope is, joy, and confidence. Well, we sure need that in our society today, don't we? Everybody seems to have a cause. Everybody seems to be complaining about something. And so we need to see the, the hope, the joy, and the confidence that we have, not in our planet, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we talked about last week, that when we are walking in the Spirit, or as one translation says, keeping in step with, I like that, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit's working in our life, we proclaim the true gospel. So he's going to give us a very strong appeal here about to live like what really matters. And I hope today that as you, as you hear this message and you, and, you, and you jot down some of the thoughts that you have in, 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 in your bulletin and you look at the worksheet, that the Lord will do a really good work in your life today. So let's read Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse number 9 continues, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. As we will see, what we do is very important, but why we do it is even more crucial. And so the outline there in your bulletin, and this is the outline from, um, from, from this particular passage of Scripture, verse number six is, is sharing in fellowship in all good things. Number two is sow to the spirit and not to your flesh. And then number three is sustain your focus. Do not lose heart. That's verses nine and 10. I, I got this message totally out of the scriptures itself. So the three S's, it didn't take that hard because in verse number six, he talks about share in fellowship. Look at verse number six again. Let him who is taught in the word Share in all good things with him who teaches. To share. Church, what that, that word means, in some translations it's the word communicate. It's from the same word that we get the word fellowship. It indicates a mutual dependence and relationship that we have together. Um, in this particular context, he, he, he's talking about the, the, the teacher and the, the congregation, if you will. He says in verse number six, let him who is taught in the word, that would be us who are being taught, share or have fellowship in all good things with the one who is doing the teaching. We see here that exemplified in the first churches. 
um, and the first church of Jerusalem, especially in, um, in Acts chapter number two. And we won't take the time to turn to it, but this is a very famous passage where we have the church growing together by the thousands. And in that, we see that they continued steadfastly in doctrine, in fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. They'd never done that before. It was a whole new way of living. Why? They were in the body of Christ. Then they were together, the Bible tells us, and they had all things in common. <laughs> Looking out here, we don't have a whole lot in common unless we come together in Jesus Christ. We all come from different countries. We come from different backgrounds. We have different football teams. We have different types of cars that we like. We have different um, likes and dislikes with all sorts of things. You, some of you folks eat meat that I can't even pronounce. And, um, and all these different things come together. But what do we do? We come together and we have all things in common. That's a church. That's a miracle. That's an amazing thing. Because the Bible says in that passage that they then continued daily in one accord. That is the word share in verse number six here. Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things. If you go back to that in, the, in your mind, in that, and I wrote it down in your, in your notes there, in Acts chapter two and verse number 46 and 47, it says this, God got the glory. And it says, and God received the glory for they were, quote, praising God. And then what did God do? He rewarded them. God added to the church. Now, we were singing today about praise to the Lord. Did you notice that? Every single song was designed to focus our attention, not on ourselves, but on the Lord. Today, the principle is that we do good things to the glory of God. You see, the world loves good things. The world doesn't have a problem with good things, except lately they've been calling good bad and bad good. They're getting confused with that. But the good things the world knows how to do, but we need to do it for the glory of God. To share indicates a mutual dependence in a relationship. And Paul suggested this mutual relationship in another church that we know and love, in the church of Philippi. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says the Apostle Paul, after writing to his beloved church that he loved very, very much, and um, he was encouraging them to, to not be anxious, but to think on good things and to build their faith. Here's what he says in verses 9 and 10. He says, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me. He's the teacher. He says, those things, I want you to do them. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, where's this mutual sharing coming? He says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. So he was saying it's not a one way street here. It's a two way thing here. This fellowship, we are together in this, he was saying to the Philippians. We see it also in Hebrews chapter 10. In verses 24 and 25, again, I picked one that was very familiar to you. Um, he talks about the mutual relationship that we have in purpose, why we actually come together. We don't come as consumers. We don't come um, to just receive. We come to communicate, to be together. That's why we came here this morning. In Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, he says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Church, last week we were challenged to every single day 
to pray for somebody, to let them know some way, communicate with them some way of they're on our minds and on our hearts. And I took that challenge, and many of you did too. Uh, there's a, a couple, and I won't mention them, but they're here today. And they walked in, have seen them for several weeks, and I, I had been praying for them, and I thought about them this week, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't text them. But they showed up, and I told them, I said, oh, I didn't text you, but you came anyway. Praise the Lord for that. You see, what he says here, he says that we are to consider one another. Consider one another. That's where you and I need to get to know each other. We need to consider what our needs are. We heard two families here today who are um, going through some, some major needs. And a lot of times it's the major things that come to our attention. But every single one of you are going through some, some things, aren't you? Every single one of us are going through issues or through, through challenges that we need to consider with each other. We're in this together. He says, consider one another. Why? In order to stir up. A lot of churches, have you ever belonged to a church that loves to stir things up, but not necessarily in love and good works? Well, he says here that's what we're supposed to be doing. And he says, and we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, because some, as the manner of some is, he says, but we exhort one another. You know what the word exhort means? Build you up. It doesn't mean just simply to give you a good word for the sake of, of positive thinking. It's to build you up in truth. And that's what the Apostle Paul was saying here. As in, in Galatians, as you have been taught in the word, and as you're learning what it means to be a Christian, and as you're taking those wonderful steps in the Holy Spirit, as he talked about in chapter number five, and as you're doing all that, then learn to share. Learn to be involved. In the church, you don't you don't come to church. You are a part of the church. And he says, and so much more as you see the day approaching. And then down in chapter 13 of Hebrews in verses seven and verse number 16, he says this. Remember those who rule over you. The word rule doesn't mean dictatorship. It means ones who are showing the way, the leader, the one who is who is doing that. He says, remember them. They have spoken the word of God to you whose faith follow. The church isn't built around personalities. Whenever the churches are built around personalities, when that personality falters, the church folds. And we see so many of that in this day and age. Whenever the church is built around anything apart from Jesus Christ and the word of God, it will never last, outlast the one that is the the um, the one who's leading it and so hebrews tells us that the way that we follow those who lead is those who are lead according to the word of god speaking the word of god whenever anybody gets up here and they open up the bible and they begin to speak they begin to pre the only authority the only authority we have is this and and so pray for your leaders pray for your bible teachers pray for the the ones who are leading in the kids church today so because when they open up the word of god and those little minds are, are, are hearing it um, they they're opening themselves up to receiving the truth and he says that we're to follow that particular um, um, truth and he says considering the outcome of their conduct and then at the last part in verse number 16 
in Hebrews 13, he says, and this is directed to all of us, do not forget to do good and to share. It's the same way. Don't forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You understand here today, we are not here as, as to observe. We are here to, or to perform. We are here to actually to learn the word of God and to bring glory to God and to love and to um, associate with one another. So how are you doing in this area of sharing? Because that's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6. Let him who is taught in the word, as you're being taught in the word, share in all good things with him who teaches. Who is helping you grow in your spiritual life? Can you name the person? You say, well, I, I don't have anybody who's helping me grow in the spiritual life. Well, you should. That's what all of us need to be doing. Who can you name? And you and begin to do this. Who can you name? That is helping you grow in your spiritual life. Not just giving you knowledge and knowledge, but helping you grow spiritually. That particular person or persons will be the people that are teaching you the word of God. Maybe not necessarily as a teacher, but as in their, maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your, maybe it's the one at work. Maybe it's the one in your connect group. Because what they're doing is they're also displaying the word of God to you. Who are your leaders in your life? Every single Christian needs to have spiritual leadership in their life. And then the second question I want to ask you is, who are you helping to grow in your spiritual life? Who are you leading? On Wednesday nights, we have a, it's, it's not in your bulletin, it's by invitation only. If you want an invitation, come and ask me. It's, it's for men. It's a, it's a discipleship group. And we have others, different things. If people do it. Ladies have some different things going on. And what we do is, is we're, we're together and we're sharing the word of God with one another. This is beyond what the, um, what the connect groups are. This is, this is not in place of it. It's, it's, it's more than that. And then what we do is we, we help people get grounded in the word of God and to see what it actually looks like in real life. Very casual, very much in, into the word of God. And it's growing. And, um, and folks, let me encourage you to be a teacher as well as a learner. Our youth group has two different ways of doing it. We have our, our youth groups and, and, and the fun things, but then we have what, what, um, what Kale calls the grow nights. And those are the nights when, and look, I, I counted, I think, 40 kids there one night. And those are the nights when the kids get together and they realize that that is the night we're actually going to focus our attention. And sometimes it's a little bit hard to get them to focus their attention, but we're focusing our attention on actually growing. And you know what those kids are doing? They're not just in the Word of God. They're actually watching you and me. And they're seeing how does this work in our life. And so the first thing that we need to understand is if we're going to receive, if God's going to receive glory, we're going to need to, in all good things, Share in fellowship. Number two, the Apostle Paul says in verses number seven and eight that we're to sow in the spirit. He says, don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit 
will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And he's once again, he, he did this with the Corinthians a, a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, giving for, for missions. He talked about the sowing and the reaping. In other words, he's using an agricultural example. I, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but if you, if you sow cotton, I shouldn't say, when you sow cotton, you're going to get cotton. Who sows cotton around here? I mean, where did that come from? If you, if you sow, um, if you put seeds in the ground in your gardens, you expect to have those seeds. That, that come out, except for my garden. Doesn't seem to work that way. But sowing and reaping is a very one that we can all understand. If we understand it in nature, you put an apple seed down, you get an apple tree, you put an orange, you get an orange tree. Paul says you need to understand that in your spiritual life as well and in your family life. He's been leading to this. Um, all through chapter 5, he's been talking about this. And now he's going to give us this example here. And the first thing he says is, he says, do not be deceived. Deception. Here's the deception that we can mock God. Now, I don't think any of us would sit there and, and mock God. Um, but that, that would be a very dangerous thing to do. But what that mocking God means is that we... We um, don't believe that actually God is actually going to do anything about it or that God will actually bless or that God will actually answer prayer or God will actually build your, your faith in the word. That deception is that we can live badly and yet have good consequences as a result. That's the deception. The deception is that we don't have to live good. It will all work out anyway. That's a deception. And that deception is especially truthful for Christians because you know why? Because you used to live the old way. And then when you found Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says that he took away your sins, he put them upon himself, and he took his righteousness, and he gave his righteousness to you. And so by giving his righteousness to you, to you, you and I are learning to live righteously. We're learning to do good for the glory of God. And so we're learning a new way of, of walking. And he talks about that in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 16 and 18. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Why would he say that? Because that's our natural bent is to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Somebody said today, they, they didn't see me out in the front. They saw Michael out in the front. And they said, oh, we thought you called in sick, but we see that you're preaching. I said, I did both. <laughs> Some of you are going to get that. <laughs> yeah, I woke up this morning and my poor wife said, how are you doing? I'm, I'm not doing good at all. You know, I'm not feeling good. I'm like, oh, I'm in pain. God, I'm getting old and all this sort of stuff. And, and, and so the bent is that we go with the flesh. And he says, you know, don't do that. He says, walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the lust or the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. We're in a battle here. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then he talks about all the works of the flesh. And he spends three verses there listing all these different things that you and I definitely in our life. What he's saying here, if you don't want that in your life, 
then don't walk that way. Don't be deceived. Don't sow the wrong seed or in the wrong ground. Because the reality is, God is not mocked. We will reap in kind and in proportion to what we have sown. Young people, take a special note of that. You may not reap later or soon, but you will reap later on. We're seeing that in our society today. Just in one generation, um, the amount of issues that we have, the amount of problems that we have, and, um, uh, and, and going on, he says, you can't fool or ridicule God with the way that you live. Now, we expect that from the world, but Christian, we shouldn't expect that from the Christian because the Christian has the ability to walk in the Spirit. Hosea 8, 7, and the prophet Hosea was talking to, um, to the nation of Israel, and they were making alliances with, with different places, and, and they, they were trying to ignore God and His Word and still be God's people. And he said this, he says, you know, you sow to the wind and you're going to reap the whirlwind. You're going to get back more than what you thought. So therefore, sow your good works in step with the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Look at Galatians 5 verses 22 to 25. Let's have a look at what that means and what that looks like as we wrap this up. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace. And here comes the hard part. It's long-suffering, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and yes, it's self-control. Against such there is no law. You can't make a law to love, have joy, peace, and long-suffering, etc. He says, and those who are Christ's, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. Now, Paul's going to unpack that next week for us with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, why is this so important? It's very important because God is evaluating our service. Uh, I've said this before. I'm pretty sure I've said this before. If there's one who's observing, it's the angels and God observing us right now. You're not, you're not observing me. We are being observed. God is evaluating us. The reality is God is not mocked. We will reap in kind and proportion to what we sow. And 1 Corinthians brings that out. For time's sake, I'm just going to simply read it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 16. I'll try not to illustrate too much, but I want you to listen carefully. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, Paul's writing, as a master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work. Look at this. What sort it is. 
You understand that you and I aren't evaluating each other. We, we tend to do that a lot, but the real evaluation is God's evaluating us. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. Why? Because we're under God's grace. Yet so as through fire. And then verse number 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit God dwells in you? In the Greek language from which this was originally written in verse number 16, the word you there is, is really in the plural. He's talking about the body. He says, don't you know that you, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? We are here for a specific purpose. And Paul's reminding the Galatian churches that, that the battle they've been going through with the gospel, the battle that they're going through with society is not a battle that you need to fight alone nor is it a vain battle, but it is a battle because you are the temple of the living God. That will change the way you think. That will change the way you look at everything. Um, there's a reminder from Solomon in Proverbs 22 when it comes to sowing and reaping. He says, he who sows iniquity will reap sorrow. There's one more thing I'd like to point out here, and that is the challenge and this is really my shortest point, but it probably needs to be unpacked a lot more. He says in verses number 9 and 10, he says, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, sometimes we have to make that opportunity. Therefore, as we have opportunity, sometimes we're waiting for the opportunity. He says, no, you've got the opportunity. What is it? It's the church. You're here today. There's going to be opportunities today, right now, that you can do good for the glory of God. You're either going to ignore it or you're going to actually do something about it. You have the opportunity. It's called the church. And he says here in verse number 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Serving God by serving others requires energy. It requires perseverance. And Paul warned the Galatians about the danger of sowing in the wrong place, sowing to the flesh will reap corruption. He says that we're to walk in the spirit. And, and, and yet you would think that walking in the Spirit is just being on a high all the time. He goes, no. No, there's a time where we must, it requires our energy, our perseverance, and that makes us weary. He says, don't become weary in doing good. We mustn't grow weary in these times. I wrote in your, in your notes there, don't give up. When you want to give up, it's because you're looking at the circumstances. You're looking at your flesh. You're looking at what other people are thinking. He, no, look up to God and live up to his calling. Why? Because we have a wonderful promise here. He says here, because in due season we shall reap. Hmm. A few weeks ago, we, we talked about sowing and reaping. And we said that you notice when you, you, you plant a seed, you don't expect it to pop right up there. No, you know that there's going to be a season, a season that you go through. Psalm 126 and verses 5 and 6 says this, Those who sow in tears 
And some of you are out there right now and you're sowing in tears. You're, you're, you're just, you're, you're raising your kids. You're, you got that, that job situation. You're doing all this and you're just sowing in tears. He says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That's the promise. That's the promise. I'll make a commitment today. It says here that, that in verse number 10 that, that we are to sow, to be good for all, to all people. That's so easy to do, to say we'll be good to all people. I don't know all people. You know, the opportunity that you have is sitting right next to you right now. The opportunity that you have is in this room right now. And so let me encourage you. Paul points out here, especially to the household of faith. Paul points out that we have a family relationship with believers in the church. And when we start doing good for the glory of God, we'll do what, what Paul instructed Titus to remind the church of. He says, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly. That those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. You know, there's sometimes, like Paul told the, the Corinthians one time, there's sometimes when you just simply have to stand. <laughs> you just simply have to say, here's the line, I'm going to do good. Everyone around me going to do that, and they got all these other things. But I know that God says this, and I'm going to do good.